Artemis endeavors to get more women and girls in the field and on the water. To support women as leaders in the conservation movement. To ensure the vitality of our lands, waters, and wildlife. Artemis endeavors to change the face of conservation. Welcome to the Artemis Podcast. As sportswomen and conservationists, we do more than hunt and fish. The complete sportswoman can skin a deer, land a burly trout, navigate in the wild, and she knows her game commissioners and politicians, knows wildlife laws, defends all wildlife, advocates on their behalf, and teaches others these skills. Artemis embodies the definition of the complete sportswoman and sees it as our duty to use our platform to promote and teach this philosophy. Do you have or want these skills in this network? Visit artemis.nwf.org and join us today. And thank you for protecting our wild world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Artemis Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Chance. And today we are joined by my co-host and Missouri State Ambassador, Carrie Swain. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Ashley. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, and our guest today is Kelsey Wyckoff. Hey, Kelsey. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. So you both are in Missouri, right? Kelsey, you're in Missouri? Yes. What part of the state do you live in? I live in Vernon County. Um, it's by Nevada, Missouri. And it's halfway in between Joplin and Kansas City. Okay, so that's like northwestern Missouri? Yes. Cool, very cool. And Carrie, that's kind of where you are too, right? Yeah, I don't think she's that far from me. I'm a little bit further east than she is. Um, and look northeast of where she's at, but not too far probably. Cool. All right. Well, Kelsey, one of the ways we like to get to know our guests on the show is to ask what they have in their freezer. <laughs> well, I have a lot of meat in my freezer. Um, my parents raise cattle, so I have a lot of beef. I also have pork because we get pigs butchered. And then I have deer, turkey, ducks, geese, um, catfish, crappie, and now there's bear, so. That's a pretty well-rounded freezer. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Carrie, what about you? Ooh, I have, let's see, deer, wild pig, um, turkey, a lot of fish, walleye, perch, um, antelope, still have some antelope left, and I think that's about it. Nice, that's that's y'all y'all are much more well stocked than I was we my husband and I took a trip back to Minnesota a couple weeks ago and my dad had bought I don't know like two whole beefs I think way more than he and my stepmom can eat um so he sent us home with a bunch of beef but previous to that we were we were bare bones in the freezer (laughs) We, we needed it to be hunting season so you guys are ahead of the game it sounds like yeah, it's nice to have all that meat for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Kelsey, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So I grew up in Hume, Missouri, which is a really small town, like 350 people. Um, born, I was raised on a farm. 
firm. Um, I'm 24 years old. I'm currently working as a staff accountant in Fort Scott, Kansas, and I'm working on my MBA degree. I enjoy being outdoors, whether it's hunting, hiking, fishing, anything outdoors I love doing. I also enjoy doing arts and crafts, cooking, and traveling. And then I will be getting married in like four weeks on the 27th of this month. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. Super busy. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. That's four weeks. That's coming up quick. Yes, it is. Cool. So are you, are you guys going to serve wild game at the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> we probably have enough, but no. <laughs> I've heard of people doing that occasionally in the past. And I always thought kind of the same thing, like, gosh, how much do you have? I, I don't know. I guess it depends on the size of the wedding. That's true. Cool. So you mentioned loving the outdoors. I think Carrie and I can both relate to that. Uh, how did you, how did you get started on your journey hunting? Okay, so my dad introduced me to hunting when I was at a really young age, probably seven or eight, and I have grown to love it, and we live in a rural area, so hunting is a hobby for many people around my area. Um, My fiancé, Levi, is an avid hunter, and he introduced me to turkey, ducks, geese, and dove hunting, and he's actually the one who put me in for this bear draw which I'm glad he did, even though I told him that I would never get the draw. Okay, so Kelsey, you recently harvested a bear in Missouri in what I understand to be Missouri's first ever bear season. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Super cool. I know, Carrie, you're in Missouri, and I think you know a lot about the background behind this season. Can you take us through a little bit of that? Sure. Um, So... This, yeah, this was the first um, legal bear season in Missouri. We have approximately 800 bears total right now. Um, And they decided to open the season this year. And um, let's see, it says 6,330 people applied for 400 permits. Um, There were 12 bears harvested out of 40 tags. And the season was highly regulated by MDC. Um, They had three different zones um, open for bear hunting, and they had different permits allotted for each zone, and a certain quota had to be met in each, or could be met in each zone. So the hunters had to call in every evening, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Kelsey, um, I think after 7 p.m. was the final check-in. It was after 10 p.m. It was was after 10 p.m. Everybody had to call in and see if the quota for that um, zone had been met. If it had been met, then if you still had a tag, you no longer could hunt. Um, If it hadn't been met, obviously you could keep hunting. And the season went from October 18th to the 27th. And... um, yeah, it's, it's an awesome thing for our state. I think everybody was really excited about it. Um, there was there was a little bit of back and forth on um, some people didn't think they should open the season already with only 800 bears, um, but they expect they expect the population to double in 10 years. Um, and MDC felt it was appropriate to go ahead and open the season this year, but it seemed to go really well. 
and I think um, total there were 40 tags filled. Okay, so they met their they met their goal. Kelsey, what was it like to have gotten a tag, to know you have a tag, but to know that it might get taken away from you, that you might not be able to fill it? <laughs> it was a lot of feelings because um, I was very determined to get a bear. Uh, bear hunting has always been one of my number one hunts, and I got to do it in my home state. Um, but it was challenging, and it kind of messes with your head because you never know, like, is this going to be the last day I can hunt, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but, I bet. But it was definitely awesome, and um, I felt like a lot of people didn't hunt, the, like, when it first started because it opened on a Monday. And luckily, I was able to build up some time to take off and hunt. But it was definitely a challenge um, just knowing that that could be your last day to hunt. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty wild. I would I don't know what that would feel like to be sitting there. And I guess you you would just take the first legal animal you saw because. Yeah, definitely. Which you. um if they're in packs of two, you can't shoot them. They have to be single bears. Sure. And that's to protect sounds with cubs, right? Right. Right. What zone were you in, Kelsey? I was in zone one. Oh, okay. So only 20 bears could be harvested in that zone. Right. So Kelsey, can you walk us through, I mean, you said that your fiance is the one who kind of got you to put in for the draw in the first place, but can you walk okay. us through what happened once you found out that you had drawn well yeah so my fiance Levi he asked if I wanted to be entered into the draw and he entered me into the bear and elk draw but originally I told him heck no I will never get drawn I never win anything so he went he went ahead and entered me in and he also put himself in and his dad in and on July 1st was when MDC drew and my fiance, of course, was on top of it and checked everyone's draw. He finally checked mine and he saw that I drew and called me immediately. He was super excited. Um, and I was excited too. I was super surprised um, just because I'm not usually the one to win anything, but it was very exciting. I can imagine that'd be pretty exciting. What was your, once you found out that you were drawn, how did you? create a plan for how you were going to go try to harvest a bear? Well, this was definitely challenging because we didn't know anything about bear hunting. and so <laughs> Great time to learn. <laughs> yeah. And we researched a lot. We watched videos. We listened to podcasts. Um, I read a book that my dad got from one of his friends about bear hunting. And um, we also talked to people. We talked to people in Arkansas and Alaska. Um, Arkansas people can obviously bait, but they recommended using scents. Um, we never did either. Or, And then the Alaska people we talked to said that they spot and stalk. Well, if you've ever been to Zone 1, it's very dense forests and timber, and you can't really spot and stalk. There's no open areas. So... We decided to just go down there. We spent every weekend down there and just walking through the timber, finding signs of bear, such as scat, trails, bedding areas, bear markings on trees. 
and which is like where the male bears will like scratch or bite like posts or trees and rub their scent all over it. Um, but it was definitely difficult because there's so much ground to cover. Um, we look for bear tracks and creeks, but the terrain is so rocky and they just, you can't find anything. Um, we placed a lot of trail cameras on trails and areas where we thought the bears would be. Um, we look for, we found a lot of travel corridors um, that were heavily used by bears and we actually had 12 bears on camera. So we found a lot. What? Wow. Okay. That's awesome. How, yeah. <laughs> First of all, I'm just like blown away by the level of investment that you put into this, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I have two questions. One, okay. was this an area that you're familiar with? Like, had you hunted out there before? No, this okay. was all new to us. Um, we talked to local people too, um, just to give us a general direction or where bear sightings were. We also looked on Missouri Bear Facebook pages to see where people are putting locations, such as counties or anything. But um, it was it was a lot of work because we spent every weekend since July 3rd going down there scouting, setting up trail cameras, and it was just a lot. It was exhausting. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Carrie, I'm sure you have a question. I want to ask mine first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so Kelsey, you said that you saw 12 bears on camera. How did you go about distinguishing them? Because it can be really hard to tell individual bears from trail camera, trail camera photos. Um, we had various sizes of bears. We also had a sow and two cubs. And thank, thankfully, those did not show up when I was hunting because <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to shoot. Um, but then we had a couple of young bears. Uh, we had the bear I shot on camera a few times. And then we had a really big boar as well. And we had them set up at different areas too. And we just decided to hunt, or I decided to hunt the one that we had the most bears on. Solid choice, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you find a lot of bear scat, like around where you were hunting? Yes. All those bears. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely did. And um, they also say to hunt near water. And we did. Um, they say that they rely on water a lot and they drink a lot of water. Hmm. That makes sense. And in the landscape that you're in, there's a good amount of topography. So I guess there's probably not very many just like open water sources besides maybe creeks. Yeah, there was creeks. Sure. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. So Kelsey, you've got, you've done your homework, you beat feet out there and you've got all of these photos of bears on camera. Once you chose where you were going to go hunt at, what, what did that look like? Well, the timber is very dense and you can't see very far. Um, so we had to make some shooting lanes when I, when we hung the tree stand, um, but there was this travel corridor that they use pretty often. So we just hung a tree stand 100 yards from it. And I sat for those first three days. My fiance, Levi, was with me all three days. And we were starting to get really frustrated because we had done everything we could. We were quiet going in. We were quiet going out. Um, we stayed in the stand all day long. We 
washed all of our clothes in scent killer, put it in a tote, sprayed ourselves with scent killer. We had no scent. And luckily on the fourth day it happened, but it took a lot of time just sitting there. And it was super boring. Um, my <laughs> phone kept dying every day. <laughs> and then um, when the bear came in, it was just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, just seeing it in its natural state. And it was just awesome. I can't explain it, but I finally got my gun on it and it did look up a couple of times at me. It did see me or it saw some movement, but I got on him and was able to get a good shot on him. How, how long could you see the bear before you shot? I probably watched it for one minute or two minutes. Okay, so it was pretty quick. I mean, that's yeah. a long time. I know well, when you when you're up there, but yeah, I I just didn't want to waste any time because I you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I I think it's so great that we have a bear population in Missouri. It's so exciting that we have the opportunity yeah, to have bears awesome. now. Yeah, I think so too. And Kelsey, I thought it was funny when you were talking about all the scent control and obviously bears are a species you want to make an effort at that, but there's yes. no way I could ever <laughs> bear. We tried so hard. Uh, I guess the wind was in your favor that day. I, I think so. Cause it did, I did have a different wind that day and it was blowing pretty hard. So I think it was pushing my scent a little further. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. How far was your shot, do you think? Uh, I would say it was probably 60 yards. Oh, nice. So what was it like? I mean, you said that the bear is the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen. And I, I feel like I can imagine what that would feel like. Because I feel that way about a, a specific elk that I saw one time. <laughs> like, I have that in my memory. Um I didn't harvest her or even try to, but I think a lot of us have that moment in our minds of an animal that we've seen in the field in a way that we've never, you can't experience it that way in a zoo or watching the Discovery Channel or, you know, that's the only way you can get that experience. So going from that to harvesting the bear and walking up to it, what was that like? Yeah, so, and yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's, you just can't explain it. And I was glad I got to experience that by myself. Um, it was just so cool. But anyways, going up to the bear, this bear jumped and ran off. So I was really worried because I was by myself and my fiance was two and a half hours away. <laughs> so I went up to where I shot. I found a little bit of blood. By the way, they don't bleed very much because that their fat seals the hole. So they just bleed a little bit. So anyways, I just waited until my fiance got there because I didn't want to push the bear. I didn't want to be attacked by the bear. So I just waited. He finally got there and it was 40 yards away and I hit both lungs and the heart. So I did make a good shot, but they do not bleed. Wow. It's really interesting that they don't bleed. I mean, it makes sense because at this point in the year, they're basically at their fattest, right? Right. But gosh, wow, what a relief, I'm sure, to walk out the I know. know. I was so stressed out. 
I've always wondered what it would be like to harvest a bear in thick country and have it run and then go find it. Like that, that seems pretty nerve wracking to me. It definitely was because it was pretty thick where we were and I was afraid we weren't going to find it. Especially by yourself. I'm sure it probably was a little bit more nerve wracking to just walk up to it and have it jump up and and run (laughs) off. I can imagine that that would scare me a little. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be, wow. Okay, so you've got him down. How did, it was a boar, right? Yes, it was. Okay, how did you, were you far from your vehicle? How'd you get him out? Well, my fiance came and I had originally drove his truck, but him and my brother came and brought another truck and they brought, um, my fiance has a duck sled and they just put it in the duck sled and then we, oh. or a decoy sled, I think is what it's called. And then we just pulled him out. Because we didn't want to, we didn't want to drag him and mess up his fur. So. Yeah, totally. Wow. Have you eaten any bear meat yet? I have. Uh, we ate some bear steaks and it was pretty good. Um, very greasy, but that's all I've had so far. We just haven't had time to cook anything. So <laughs> with your wedding coming up, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, my house fun. has wedding stuff everywhere. So yeah. Did you guys keep any of the fat? Are you guys going to use any we of did. it? We that's did. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, there's so much fat on those bears. It's unreal. What do you use bear fat for? Um, You can render it down into oil. Um, I know people make like um, lip balm and soaps with it. And I'm sure there's other things you can make with it. Bridesmaids gifts. That's what that sounds like to me. (laughs) (laughs) Some bear lip balm. (laughs) That's awesome. I actually saw a post on Instagram. I think it was last hunting season about making chapstick out of, they use venison fat. Um, and venison fat doesn't taste great. So I thought that would actually be a good use, but mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Cool. That's interesting. Very cool. Did you process it yourself? Uh, my fiance did. <laughs> wow. Dang, you guys went all in. Yeah. Never yeah. Before, all the way down to processing it. That's- yeah. And we watched videos on that too. And we asked, we asked our taxidermist how to take the hide to where it's easiest for him. And he did it and I hope all is well, but we'll see. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure you would have heard by now if it was a disaster. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Terry, have you ever eaten bear? I never have, no. I put in for this drawing and Unfortunately, I wasn't as lucky as Kelsey. <laughs> you have to live vicariously through her. Exactly. Yeah, I hope someday to go. I, I would really like to go. Would you archery hunt or rifle hunt for a bear? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, probably the first time I would rather rifle hunt. I I had a really bad bear experience in Alaska one time. And oh, I, almost do tell. A, I almost got attacked by a bear. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, and so I always wonder if I go bear hunting, if those feelings will come back, you know, if it will make me really uneasy or not. Um, yeah. I was, I was pretty young. I was like 17 years old and 
my cousin and I were on a hike. Uh, we were hiking up the side of a mountain to go just check out a glacier view. And we were on a real well-used trail. And luckily, when you're in Alaska, they they beat bear safety into your head the minute you get into that state. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we, we kind of knew what to do if we ran into anything. And we weren't really thinking. We came up to a stream and stopped there for a minute and kind of cooled off and uh, weren't thinking about the noise that the stream was making was covering mm. our noise we were making. <laughs> and we went around a corner and he stopped, I mean, dead stopped in front of me and was looking to the side. And I just saw his face go completely white. <laughs> and he says, don't move. <laughs> and right when he said that, this bear stood up on its hind legs. Um, and we only had a shrub that was about, well, it was a, it was a blackberry bush shrub um, in between us and the bear. <laughs> I have never been so scared oh my in my gosh. life. <laughs> and wow. It, it kind of, you know, jumped like towards us to try to intimidate and made this kind of a strange barking sound. I jumping. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really scary. <laughs> and we both just, you know, went down to the ground, kind of got in a submissive position. We both had big backpacks on and just stayed in that position until he calmed down. And, uh, he finally calmed down, but he just paced back and forth on the other side of those bushes. And I just, I was shaking like a leaf. <laughs> oh and, my uh, gosh. And finally, I mean, it felt like forever. It was probably only a few minutes. He finally, wa finally walked off and, or at least we thought he did. So he stood up a little to walk back down the trail. Nope. He was still there. <laughs> so mm. it took a while for him to get out of the area and we walked down and, we decided we we did decide to finish the hike because we were <laughs> we were three quarters of the way to the top, <laughs> and um, uh, so we just went back around. We just started making a bunch of noise. Went back around, and there happened to be another bear going down the mountain oh. on the other side. And that bear we could oh. see had gone up further. So it was it was very scary. And um, come to find out. But like we didn't even realize those were berry bushes right there. We were there right. early in the morning. Right. You know, I was seven, we we were 17, 18 years old. We didn't really think about that. <laughs> and yeah, so that's my that's my only bear experience I've ever had. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so, wild. Yeah. I think about Kelsey's story when she's talking about even walking up to a bear, you know, after a shot that would just make me so nervous um, or, you know, going to look for a bear in dense, um, you know, dense forests where you can't really see it. You know, I watched some, some of those hunts that people do in Alaska and, you know, in the tundra that it's so thick and I would be, I, I just think it would be scary to be searching for a bear and it not be expired all the way and it jump up, you know, so, but I yeah. still want to do it. <laughs> I, I, would still, I would still do it. <laughs> well, Kelsey, that reminds me when, when you went to go find your bear after you shot, was it, was your strategy to be like, to try to sneak up on it? Like you would have wounded deer or were you making a lot of noise in case it was alive? Like, what did you do? Well, it was me, my brother and my fiance walking up to it. And 
we were looking and looking, didn't see anything, and we just kept going because we couldn't follow any blood trail or anything. And we were making a little bit of noise, but we also had our guns on us just in case. Um, and finally we found it, but it was dead for sure. Crazy. Uh, hunting predators is just, it's a, it's a different ball game, huh? Yeah, for sure. So Ashley, you've never been bear hunting? I never have been bear hunting and I, oh, I've never had the opportunity, but I've also never really tried to get the opportunity to go. Um, I was going to say before that I actually used to work at a bear rehab facility. So we would take in um, orphaned cubs, orphaned or injured bears that were less than two years old. And um, then before they turned two, we would, we would have rehabilitated them and release them back into the wild. So from that experience, I have a lot of time close to bears. Like I've, I've watched them extensively because of that. And I, I know a lot about their biology and their habits, at least here in East Tennessee. Um, but I have not hunted them and I've rarely encountered them in the wild. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm coming around to the idea of hunting them. I used to think it would be I used to think it would feel kind of weird and I don't really know why. I think it's just like a predator thing. And I think I also know, I know how similar their minds are to ours as compared to like a deer or a lot of other animals. And so that has always been a little weird for me, but I don't know. Kelsey, did you feel any of that? Like, with, did you have any feelings about this hunt that were different than the deer hunt besides the novelty of it? Yeah, um, just hunting a predator is kind of intimidating. Um, and then also when you see the sow and its cubs, it's like, oh, oh, that's so cute, you know. But, I mean, that's the only difference is just hunting a predator and knowing that it can kill you too. And that's the only difference I would find. Yeah. I mean, I was, <laughs> the other thing I was thinking about is I've seen how quickly a bear, even like a, a three month old bear can climb a tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like, if they wanted to come up there, you'd be screwed. <laughs> but why would they, right? Like that would be weird. Yeah. I, I saw a video the other day that some, some there was two hunters up in a tree and a bear chased another smaller bear up into the tree that they were hunting out of and it was oh right next to them <laughs> like right next to both their heads on the other <laughs> side of the tree <laughs> I think that would I don't know what I would do <laughs> hopefully not fall out of the tree <laughs> yeah you, you just have to wait that one out I think yep oh Oh, that's funny. Kelsey, can you tell us about one of your favorite moments in the field or on the water? It sounds like you have a lot of fish in your freezer. Yeah. Um, well, one of my favorite moments was definitely seeing the bear for the first time and then also shooting it and how exciting that was. But um, there's also another favorite time of mine, which was on the water. It was during duck hunting season. 
And me and my fiance were hunting this really small pond, like you could shoot across it. It was so small, but we, it was just the two of us in layout blinds and there were just hundreds of ducks dumping into it and landing within feet of us. Um, it was really cool because we got to experience being that close to a wild animal, which is very indescribable because usually you can't get that close to a wild animal. But um, all of this happened before shooting light, and we were super excited to <laughs> jump out of our blind. As it does, yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I had something similar happen to me when I was duck hunting a few years ago. It was with my now husband. Um, but same thing, we were brushed in on the bank of a small pond. It wasn't as small as the one you described, but we were there. It was like freezing cold. This was in Mississippi and it was hardly more than zero degrees, like very cold for down there in January. And I think we had, I don't know, it seemed like 500. It was probably like 40 um, gadwall come in and another like 20 ringnecks and for those of you out there who aren't waterfowl hunters, ringnecks in a group on the water are just like, it's like a bunch of kindergartners. <laughs> just crazy. <laughs> so all of these ducks were just like chatting back and forth. They were even closer to us than our decoys were. And just like the water was turning, like, I don't, and it was before shooting light, of course. And, <laughs> you know, none of us were going to None of us were going to pull the trigger. I think a lot of people would have, but we all had enough integrity that we just sat there in awe until two minutes before shooting light when they all got up and flew to the other side of the pond. <laughs> of course. So. But I, I understand what you're saying, Kelsey, because some of the coolest moments I've had hunting is actually for waterfowl, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's different than big game, but another vivid memory of mine is, I was in high school and we were goose hunting this dry field and these geese came in and like if ducks come in, you pretty much know they're going to come in. Like you can see it happening and you're like, all right, yeah. we're going to get a shot or we're not. But these geese came in really high and then barrel rolled. And yeah. I don't, if you've never seen that before to anyone that's listening, they turn upside down and drop. Like oh, they're, wow. they're back to the ground. They drop and then turn right side up again when they get like close to where they want to land and that is breathtaking that's very cool but that sorry i got a little excited about waterfall (laughs) (laughs) no that's awesome (sighs) carrie what about you what are what's one of your favorite moments in the field hmm well i would say i just i love bow hunting deer that's that's my favorite thing to do um I've you know last year uh went crane hunting for the first time that was also awesome um I don't waterfowl hunt so that's the closest thing I've ever done to that and it was amazing to hear those birds they are so loud and just to watch them come in was awesome it was beautiful um but yeah probably my favorite moments um in the field have been taking my kids hunting and watching them both harvest their first deer. Uh, it's pretty special because there's not very many moms that teach their kids how to hunt. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty special for all of us, but, um, 
yeah, I would say those are my favorite memories. Oh, sound like some good ones for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, every week we go around and ask what everyone's been aiming for and how it's gone. Um, Carrie, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, well, I've been out hunting a lot um, this season, uh, whitetail hunting, archery season's going on, and I am uh, mentoring a new hunter this year, and um, she's doing awesome. And we both, we have had two of our three sits that she's been with me on. Um, we've had some really close encounters. Um, our first sit, um, we had a year and a half whitetail come in, a buck, a small buck. Um, and I told her it was, you know, her choice to whether or not she wanted to harvest. It was legal, uh, in Missouri, certain counties, you have to have four points on one side to harvest a buck. Um, and she chose not to, she was totally fine. And, uh, we had another close encounter recently and she, the buck just didn't present a shot, but, uh, two out of our three, two out of our three sits, we've gotten real close. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how the season plays out and for her to hopefully harvest her first whitetail this year, whether it be a doe or a buck. Um, so stay tuned. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's awesome. I was talking to, uh, one, a friend of mine, Mary Lynn, and she's mentoring a friend of hers deer hunting this, this year. And she said the same thing. I think they've been out maybe four times and they've seen deer every time. Yeah. She's like, I think I've ruined her. I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly what I said. Cause our first, our first hunt, we were on public land. Um, and we were sitting on the ground together, um, just kind of hunkered down in some tall grass. And this, <laughs> that buck came probably within eight, eight foot of us on the ground. And I was like, oh. what? that, that will never happen again. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> on the ground, two of us on public land. That, wow. That's a pretty awesome encounter. But she, I mean, she just loved being that close, you know, um, and watching them and seeing their behavior. Cause she hasn't, you know, been out. So it's, it, it's been a great learning experience for her. Absolutely. Wow. That's awesome. Kelsey, what have you been aiming for? Well, I couldn't really think of anything for this, so I'm going to use a past experience. Um, I'm going to incorporate a hit with a miss. So my first turkey hunt, it was two seasons ago, and uh, we had birds gobbling on the roost. One Tom was really fired up. He flew down in the timber, so we couldn't see him. But within minutes, he was in the field on our decoys, and we watched him for a while. Um, he was probably within 10 yards of us, and everything was textbook. The whole hunt was textbook, um, and I got a good shot on him. Everything, it couldn't have gone more perfect. And then ever since then, I have not been able to connect with a Tom. Okay, I, that sounds like turkey hunting. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was like, wait a minute. so <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> so um, I probably went at least... 20 times since then and have done everything right. Um, I learned to how to use a mouth call. Um, I have decoys and I stay hidden and I've had several jakes within probably 20 yards of me. And every time I get a Tom close, he's either with a hen or just, I don't know, 
disappear. So it's super frustrating. Yes. Does that Tom thing. Yes. Yeah. I've been turkey hunting for three seasons and have yet to um, connect with anything. <laughs> so <laughs> you're doing a lot better than me. Oh, I feel your pain. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I didn't, I don't think I saw a turkey this season when I was hunting. Of course, I saw them whenever I wasn't, but they can be tricky for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess for my, I would say this is a miss. I would categorize it as a miss. Uh, my husband and my daughter and our two dogs and I went up to visit. I'm from Minnesota and we went up to visit my family and to try to hunt some pheasants and geese and ducks a couple weeks ago. And our dog, who is a maniac, he's a Springer Spaniel. He got a, we took him for a walk. Like the second day we were there, we were not hunting, literally just a walk. And he cut his foot open on barbed wire. So we need, we need an insurance policy on this dog. Um, but we took him to the vet, got him stitched up and then, he was bit, he couldn't hunt the rest of the trip um so we tried pheasant hunting but i don't know if either of you have much experience with pheasant hunting if you want to hunt pheasants without a dog you need to be an olympic athlete in my opinion <laughs> so that didn't go very well um they like to run and so we flushed a few but they were like i don't know 60 yards out when they finally got up and flew mm-hmm. um And so then we were like, you know what, we're going to goose hunt. We're just going to set up in the field in the backyard. And we did an amazing job. It was the best blind job I've ever done. I brushed it in. And while I was doing it, I was like, you know what? Brushing in a blind is really just arts and crafts. And I'm good at arts and crafts. (laughs) (laughs) So that that part went well. And I think our spread was great. But geese did not want to be where we were. Um, We both got really good at calling over the course of the week. (laughs) Uh, much better than the beginning and the only thing that we harvested we had a couple wood ducks we were set up uh, there was a pond behind us it wasn't part of our spread but a couple wood ducks came in and I shot one of them and that was it (laughs) (laughs) that was the end of the yeah so it was a miss although I guess technically I hit the duck but anyway yeah. Um, <laughs> got to be out there, I guess. That's right. It was amazing. And you know what? It was so wonderful to be outside. And one morning we were sitting in the blind, the sunrise came up. It was beautiful. Geese were flying over and they were honking. We were calling to them. We could hear roosters, pheasants, um, rowing, I guess is what you call it. Uh, we could hear them. And actually there was a trail right next to the blind. It went around the pond. I don't know, maybe like five yards off the end of the blind and we heard this like thundering noise and a deer it was probably I don't know it was like a little doe although in Minnesota a little doe was pretty big um just came thundering down the path and like I don't even know if it ever knew we were there but it just like galloped through and it, I don't know it was really cool it was another close encounter that was just neat I guess you had to be there but that's awesome yeah was, I love I love those moments. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just like really, I don't know. It was cool. Um, Well, thank you both so much, Kelsey. Congratulations again. It was amazing to hear the story of that hunt. Um, And Carrie, keep doing good work in Missouri. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. It was great. Great to hear your story, Kelsey. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Artemis podcast. We hope you're having a great week. 
Until next time, be bold, stay curious, and get outside.